What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Latin Explaining. My name is Denise Gonzalez. For those who do not know me, for those who do, you guys know how we do it here. Like and subscribe if you haven't done so, so we can get this show started. Now, I want to say hi to Keith, to Jose, to Risa Rama, everybody else that's here tuning in on this new episode. Welcome and thank you guys for your constant support to the channel. Now, today it's Monday. I hope everybody has had a very chill, relaxed, and entertaining weekend as all the restrictions across the nation are being lifted for this long <laughs> lockdown we have been in, and it's been crazy. I don't know how many of you guys uh, had the opportunity to go out and flex those social muscles out there, but it has been insane. At least for me, I went out with my significant other during the weekend, and it was lit. Let me tell you that much. So I want to uh, invite you guys, if you haven't done so, it's time to go out. It's time to socialize. It's time to unplug. But don't forget your sis over here. You guys know we're here every Monday and Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific time, 7 p.m. Eastern time, every Monday and Thursday. So let's get this show started. And uh, today, today we're going to start with two news. One is not so much about Latinos uh, per se, but it does involve us to a degree. And I want to share my thoughts on it because let me tell you guys, it has been insane to see the reactions and so mix, so much mixed emotions regarding this topic. And I want to share my thoughts. Nobody asked, but I'm still going to give you my opinion. <laughs> the first thing I want to touch on is something that I came across during this weekend. For those who do not know, here in the state of California, there's a recall um, campaign against our governor, Gavin Newsom, for his quote-unquote mismanagement of the C-19 restrictions and other things that he apparently, according to a sector, he mismanaged. And, well, even though some of us do feel that he did not manage properly this stuff, some people still back up the governor. But one of the persons that is already uh, in the run to become the new governor is Kaylee Jenner. Yes, you heard me right. <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner wants to become the next governor of California, and she's promising a lot of changes. And one of the changes that caught my attention was her opinion on critical race theory. Um, before we go into this whole uh, thing, if you guys have not heard about this, uh, Governor DeSantis in uh, Florida already said that he's not going to allow this uh, critical race theory to be taught to children in our public system uh, of schools and the Department of Education of the state of Florida is not going to be teaching critical race theory for many reasons. Now, um, here in California, you guys know this is a blue state. So, of course, it's going to be taught. Uh, the union is fighting to teach this stuff to our children. 
And even though I don't have children, you guys know I don't have kids, <laughs> but uh, there are kids from my friends and family that will be exposed to this. So Caitlyn Jenner inserted in her campaign uh, her stance when it comes to critical race theory, and this is what she said. She says, if I become governor, I will do everything to fight critical race theory being taught to our children, according to Fox News. Now, before I uh, insert my opinion here, this I think Kaylin is doing way too much. If if you guys, for the people that are watching this, if you think Kaylin Jenner has a good chance of becoming our governor, put a number one in the shot. If you think, if you were in California, if you're not in California, of course, because I know a lot of people from the East Coast and overseas uh, watches my show, but if you believe that Kaylin Jenner should not be uh, the governor, then put a number two in the shot. If you think she has a good chance and she should be the next governor, uh, put a number one. If you think she's not, put a number two. Let's see. Let's take a little poll here among the people that are already here early. Uh, but she's been saying a lot of things uh, lately. I see that most of the people here are putting a number two. <laughs> Um, she has been literally just pandering to the Republican sector here. And, and I hate because you guys know, I'm, to me, both parties suck. Okay. So I'm neither Republican nor Democrat. Um, I don't seek affiliations with any group whatsoever, either if it's religious or political, I just do my own free thinking and decide what's best for the moment we're living. And then I base my choices and my opinions on that. So Kaylin has been running this whole campaign, uh, basically opposing everything that uh, Gavin Newsom has been doing. For example, she promised to lower taxes for uh, the middle class and also cut taxes in many things. For those who do not know, after the C-19 situation, even inside the C-19, we got a new tax on July 1st, 2020, uh, 50 cents per gallon of gas. We have to pay more here in the state of California, and we're literally drowning in taxes. And a lot of people keep saying, hey, you know, uh, we need to lower taxes and this, this, and that. But Let's not forget that California, for the first time, I think in 187 years, we have seen a shrinkage of our population here in California, because usually we get people coming out, but also we get an influx of people from overseas and even other, other parts of the country into California, apparently uh, drawn in by either the glitz, glamour, or job opportunities. Uh, but that comes with a hefty a package of taxes that we have to pay to live in this beautiful state and also to enjoy the quote-unquote lovely weather even though we have to pay a chill lot of money into electricity because this summer is hot as hell let me tell you that much so basically you know they that's that's what she's been doing she's been promising that she's gonna lower taxes for the middle class she's going to oppose uh critical race theory among other things that are making people probably you know support her a little bit 
I see that Ramon said, hey, Denise, I don't know much about her platform to say whether yes or no. Well, Ramon, you have to make a choice. You know, I'm a benevolent dictator. So either one or two, either she goes or no. What's what's your take on that? Uh, press one if you're pro Kaling. Press two if you're against Kaling. It's really that simple. It's that crazy. I don't know if you guys remember that California already went through a recall in, I think it was 2011, 2012, something like that. And that's, uh, or even before that, I don't remember the year. Anyway, it's Monday, okay? Uh, <laughs> I see that. And, and in that case, I'm going to expand on that a little bit. But I believe that Kayleen um, has a little bit more pull, if that makes sense, because she's a celebrity. And the last time we saw this, Arnold Schwarzenegger became the governor because obviously he had a lot of people backing him up. And he was piggybacking from his all his whole career as an actor. Uh, Music Only account says, doesn't California has a drought? Yes, we have been in a drought for a very long time. Seeing rain here is so weird. Um, and it's, like I said, it's really, really hot. Not as hot as last year, if you ask me. Last year, trust me, we were so hot at some point that I said, you know what? The AC, it's not even working at this point. I'm going to book myself a hotel. And we have to stay at the hotel for several freaking days that's how hot this shit is and then people doing the gender reveals do not help now i see that guillermo says caitlin jenner as the governor of california should explain without words why america is an illegitimate country well i don't necessarily agree with that i think that america is its own country and we should if we're here we should either take benefits of the good parts and also just let the bad ones disappear and just make the most out of it I see that Jose says, we don't need another amateur leading government. Look at Trump. Yeah, definitely. We don't need more circuses running our state. Now, let's dive into what critical race theory is. Before we do that, I want to encourage the 12 people that are here to like or dislike. <laughs> I don't care if you like or dislike this content, but you have to press one of the two. Like I said, I'm a benevolent dictator here. So either like or dislike this uh, video. And also, if you haven't done so, subscribe. Now, let's go into what is critical uh, race theory. I found an article that explains it a little bit better, even though it goes a little bit into the religious part. You guys know I'm not affiliated to any religious beliefs. I believe more into free thinking, and that's the way we should go. Now, what exactly is critical race theory? It's a theory that seeks to explain how white people use our governing systems like laws to oppress and hinder BIPOC folks. BIPOCs meaning Black, Indigenous, and people of color. However, critical race theory also explains how white politicians only care about equality when it's beneficial to them. In short, if there is no benefit, then there is no change. One example that critical race theory exposes is the perceived push for civil rights. In short, the only reason why politicians care about the civil rights of minorities was because it benefited their political career and enabled them to remain in power. Now, he goes into the whole Christianity thing, and he says, how should Christians respond to critical race theory? 
First, as a Christian, we must understand that we are bearers of truth. If we ignore the truth, then we are no longer children of the most high God, but rather the bastard children of Satan. Wow. <laughs> Before I continue, I'm going to tell you something, guys. Uh, every time I see something being backed up by this whole notion of Christianity, it's so cringeworthy. It's, oh my God. Don't even get me started on this. Let, let's continue. It says, I say this to steer you so that you don't turn a blind eye to the truth of our history of racial bias in America. Our response to the nuggets truth found in critical race theory should be one of recognition and also resolve. We recognize how politicians use our governance systems and laws to oppress BIPOC folks, but we're also resolved to create equality and more just union. So rather than be afraid or intimidated by critical race theory, use it as a tool to help BIPOC folks. See how their issues are just tools of manipulation used by people in power to remain in power. Let them know that true change comes from the heart and a person who has a true heart change is no longer motivated by the attainment or maintaining of benefits. Rather, he or she is willing to sacrifice everything for the cause of truth and justice, even to the point of death. Wow. And he says something about Jesus, and I'm not going to read it because you guys know I have no affiliations to Christianity. So my thoughts on this. Um, I see that uh, music only says, please keep us Salvadorians out of the BIPOC category. <laughs> As it, he also said, that's some liberal nonsense term is not BIPOC, I'm Salvadorian. <laughs> And he continued to say, I'm not saying it to no one. It's just the fact that we de facto are called that by liberals. Well, I'm going to say something. Whether you like it or not, we're not white. And that's so cool. I love being brown. If you love being fucking brown or black, put a number one in the chat. If you actually don't even like your race or you don't like to go by that or accept the color of your fucking skin, then put a number two on the chat. I love being brown, so I'm going to put a number one. I'm going to start by me. I love being fucking brown. If you love being brown or black or any other fucking color in this spectrum, put a number one in the chat. There's nothing wrong with that. I see that a lot of people put a number one. So with that being said, um, I'm going to say something. First of all, you know, with the whole concept, I don't like to be called people of color, of course. I like to be called a brown person or a black person or whatnot. However, I don't literally give a flying fuck about that if you ask me. Because that doesn't do anything. <laughs> I see that Rizorel put a number three. <laughs> but to be honest with you, that, that doesn't do anything for me. If something doesn't add to my personal life, my emotional life, or it doesn't add any money to my wallet. I really do not give a shit about that. Blood Moon says, I love being Dominican. Yes, I know you love being Dominican. I love being fucking Puerto Rican. Now, it, it's I'm going to explain this whole uh, critical race theory situation and my problem with it. I agree with the sector that believes that this should not be taught in schools. And I'm going to explain why before you freak out. Um, 
you guys know I'm anti-racism. I fucking hate racists. And I don't care in which color they come. They can come in any different color. I hate racists. If you hate racists, then put a number one in the shot. If you love racists, put a number two. Um, now, with that being said, my question is why we have to educate our children when it comes to race as something critical. Why we have to teach our children the history of America, but by mandating it, like this is a democracy. I, I, I think, and I, I oppose the critical race theory simply because we're hammering in kids and children the way they should think. It feels kind of like a dictatorship. I have no problem with America and the education system to instruct the kids of the history of America, all the good and bad aspects. And let's not forget, America has a very disgusting, bloody uh, history, even till this day. And I, I agree that we should teach our kids about this stuff. Kids should know that America was once uh, very bloody and, you know, they were butchers when it came to people that were non-white. We should teach our kids all these things. But my problem with critical race theory is that why in the actual fuck we have to tell our children how to think? Don't you think that we should let kids formulate their own fucking opinions and decide if America is racist? If you think that race should be taught in a different way than this proposal put a number one in the chat i want to know your opinion because it's like i said why we have to put the critical aspect in this this is not something critical we're still here we're millions tens of millions of people that are non-white in this country and are thriving as well and I believe that if we're going to teach our kids all of this history and all of this stuff, we need to also let the kids have some fucking free thinking. That's how we create free thinkers. You don't want to teach your kids to be a monolith and to think a specific way. Why America loves to manipulate our minds at such a young age? Have you guys thought about that before clapping for a critical race theory? I think... This is just another way of dictatorship and manipulation uh, from a very young age. And it doesn't, it, it leaves kind of like a weird taste in my mouth. Like, I don't know, but I believe that critical race theory should be revisited and not taught in schools. I think in schools, something we should learn is more to have critical thinking teaching our kids all the information. Don't we hold any fucking information. Teach our kids all the nasty shit that has gone down in this country and let them decide who they're going to be. So no, I'm against critical race theory. Um, I know the motivations for a lot of people that are in the Republican cult are because they just want to oppose the whole notion of this. But I have to side with them on this one. I think if we want to teach our kids the past, the nasty past of this nation and the nasty present, we have to come up with a better way of doing so. Now, I see that Ramon says, I'm indifferent to racists. I just don't want them near me. I do hate liars with a passion. Me too. Me too. Hi, Sundown. It's nice to have you here. Now I see that Risa Rom says, one, when I have children, I'm going to enhance their ability to question everything, be geniuses, and think unconventionally. Definitely. I don't think that people should actually 
uh, make decisions for our children. That's how we become, uh, you know, all kinds of shit. Uh, I think Blood Moon said, I'm against that. I think they should teach it in college, not younger than that. Yeah, I believe that. Not even in college, Blood Moon. I'm going to disagree with that. I think not even in college because what we're doing is that we're teaching kids a theory in a way of teaching them or, or making them believe in something, even if they don't believe it is true. I think we should leave people to think the way they want. We need to normalize free thinking. Like I said before, I'm a free thinker myself. I like to think of myself as a free thinker. Sometimes, yeah, I get derailed here and there. But from a very young age, I decided to just think for myself. If you think kids should be entitled to think for themselves, put a number one in the chat. If you think we should just force the kids to think that, you know, America is racist, then put a number two. Um, music only says kids can easily be indoctrinated by people like teachers. Definitely. Because teachers are in a position of authority to them. So of course they're going to be like, Oh, you know, uh, my teacher said this and I'm going to side with my teacher and blah, blah, blah. And it's like I said, this is so freaking weird. We're living in like, uh, the twilight zone. I think, you know, why we have to come up with this kind of solution to actually teach kids to be aware of there's people out there that think one race is minus than the other. Why we don't let kids actually think for themselves? Now, Risa Ram said, side note, you can look up online cases of children who are 14 and are in college. Yeah, definitely. I was 16 and in college myself. So definitely, I believe you. Uh, Music Only said, what I will do is educate my kids on El Salvador and bring them here when they're old enough so that they don't become Americanized. Yeah, that's a great way to, you know, I see a lot of our diaspora being Americanized music only. And to be honest with you, it's cringe worthy. So I agree with you. I don't want to raise my kids here in America because America likes to dictate a lot how people think. And I hate that about America. I love other aspects of the country, but that's one aspect that I can't just stomach. Now, I already gave you my opinion, and if you don't agree, well, you can bounce out. But <laughs> uh, moving on from that uh, aspect of critical race theory, I'm going to, oh, Kamala. Oh, my God, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris is trying to save face. I don't know how many of you guys uh, remember that video when I brought the news of Kamala Harris telling people um, in Guatemala that do not come, you know, do not come because uh, we will send you back. <laughs> how many of y'all remember how much backlash she got from that? You know, now Kamala visited El Paso. <laughs> After all the backlash she got, she visited a puzzle and she was like trying to save face a little bit. I'm going to play uh, for you guys something. Now, before I play this, I want to say to you guys, uh, it's a little low. This video is a little low. So this is a time to um, amp up your audio um, so that you can hear what she says from the beginning. I'm going to give you a few seconds after you uh, turn up your your. Uh, YouTube, then I will play the video for you. Okay, so I'm gonna give you a few seconds, but definitely. Oh my God, Kamala, 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 Kamala. Okay, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna play the video. I hope you guys turn up your volume, okay? Hi everyone. Well, it's good to be back in Texas, and I am honored to be joined by Secretary Mayorkas, by Chairman Durbin, by Congresswoman Escobar. Um, we have a day planned that will be about, as much as anything, addressing the effects of what I've already been addressing, which are the root causes of migration, predominantly out of Central America. You've heard me say many times, most people don't want to leave home. And when they do, it is usually because either they are fleeing some type of harm or they cannot take care of the simple and basic needs of their family by staying where they are. And so we are here today to address and to talk about what has brought people to the U.S. border and again, to continue to address the root causes which cause people to leave and often flee their home country. So I'm, I'm proud and honored to be with these great leaders. Secretary, I'll let you say a few words. And then Chairman and Madam Congresswoman. Thank you very much. To, to build on uh, Madam Vice President's uh, comments, as everyone knows, uh, migration involves a continuum. The Vice President is leading our nation's efforts to address the root causes that fundamental question of why people leave uh, their homes. It is my responsibility as the Secretary of Homeland Security to address the security and management of our border. Uh, as everyone knows, we face significant challenges back in March. We've made extraordinary progress. I look forward to sh sharing with the Vice President the progress we've made, the work that remains, and um, I look forward to the day. Thank you. Immigration is a critical element in the history and the future of the United States. But when you look at the challenges of immigration today, one of the greatest challenges is Congress has failed to pass any significant change in immigration laws in 35 years. We have a broken immigration system. Many people complain about it, but it's up to Congress to do something about it. As chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee, I take that responsibility very seriously. I'm glad to be back in El Paso. I'm glad to be here with the Vice President. I'm glad that she's taken the initiative under the direction of President Biden so that we can take an honest look at the challenge of immigration today. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to El Paso. Welcome to my community, to the new Ellis Island, to the capital of the border. I am standing before you with a heart full of gratitude uh, Madam Vice President, thank you for being here. So grateful to Secretary Mayorka, to Chairman Durbin, and to all of you for making the journey. Um, this is a really important day, and um, I, I have a heart full of gratitude because we finally have an administration willing to tackle the big challenges, challenges that our country has dealt with for decades, um, willing to tackle challenges in a meaningful, thoughtful, strategic, compassionate way. And that means starting with root causes and understanding what's driving people from their home, what's making them arrive at our nation's front door. And El Paso's front door is one that has always been one of dignity and humanity and compassion. And so I look forward to today and, and everything that we will all learn and explore together. You have time for about one question. How did you decide that right now. now was the right time to make your first trip to the border? Well, it's not my first trip. I've been to the border many times. I'm the person in charge of the response. So, the, 
important aspect of this visit is leading this visit after the work that we did in Guatemala and Mexico. Because as I've long said, I said back in March I was going to come to the border, so this is not a new plan. But the reality of it is that we have to deal with causes and we have to deal with the effects. So being in Guatemala, being in Mexico, talking with Mexico as a partner, frankly, on the issue, was about addressing the causes and then coming to the border at the at the advice and the and actually the, the invitation of the congresswoman uh, is about looking at the effects of what we have seen happening in Central America. And um, so I'm glad to be here. It was always the plan to come here. And I think we're going to have a good and productive day. Well, why did you know, what, what was your message Now, Kamala. I have I have a few um, problems with Kamala Harris. Okay, first of all, um, Kamala, Kamala went to El Paso, and I understand that during the Trump years, El Paso was the the point where families were disintegrated completely as they migrated here to the U.S. And you know we had a lot of people that you know, we're put in cages over there and their kids were separated from them and whatnot, but that's not happening right now. El Paso is not where the crisis is happening. For those who do not know, the crisis with the migration is happening right now in lower Rio Grande. So why Kamala pick El Paso? I'm not sure. I think probably because it was more strategically beneficial for her. Let's just say that. Second of all, Later on during that day, she said that she wants to the migration process to become more human. <laughs> and also, uh, I find it funny that the other lady said um, that El Paso has always been very human in their welcome. Uh, you know, I'm like, what is human about disintegrating families, putting kids in cages, you know? I have no fucking idea. But to be honest with you, now Kamala backpedals from what she said when she was like, oh, don't come here. And now she's, we're going to make the process more human. And I want to ask something for the people that are Kamala supporters that seem to be very blind to the reality of who this woman is. I'm like, do you guys think that Kamala Harris and Joe Biden have an actual plan before they became the people they are today to actually make the process more human? Do you think Kamala Harris sees our migrant Latinos from Central America and Mexico? Do you think she sees them as human beings as she once was herself a migrant, a, a kid from migrants here? I don't think so. If you think Kamala Harris identifies herself with the crisis that people in Central America and Mexico are, are experiencing right now that's forcing them to come here, seeking the quote-unquote American dream, if you think she she sympathizes with them, put a number one in the shot. If you think she's full of shit, put a number two. I want to see your opinion on this stuff. I, and I'm sorry I'm asking for a lot of um, opinions, but in reality, it's something about her, it's so fake. Oh my God. Like, I don't even know how people voted for this woman. But to be honest with you, 
Hmm, Kamala, Kamala, you're not fooling anybody. We know already how you stand. You say one thing today and tomorrow you don't support that. I've said it here many times. Kamala Harris is like that store that one day you call them before you head to the store and she tells you, yes, we carry that product. And when you get to the store, she's like, oh, we don't carry it anymore. After you spend the gas and the time going to the store, that, that's Kamala Harris. Me? <laughs> Me? No, I don't support that. <laughs> Oh my God. Now I see that it's already <laughs> put several number twos. Yeah, she's full of shit. Everybody knows that she's full of shit. Um, now Blonde Moon says, I think she does, but it's pandering to white Americans. Nah, fuck that. She hasn't had no plan. Uh the only JS has number two. Now, music only says the coup data that occurred in 2009 was with a democratic government. Yeah, definitely. It's like I said, it's it's Oh, it's so cringe-worthy. These people think that we're stupid. Probably that's why they're trying to push on us the critical race theory uh, situation. Now, Ramon says, too, she's always been a bit of an elitist. Yeah, she's part of the elite, of course. Uh, Blood Moon says, I find all politicians fake. They say what they think people want to hear. They play around with their words and don't answer questions directly. Always. Uh, Risa Ram says she cackles excessively. Yes. Oh my God, that's so cringe worthy. Every time you ask her a fucking question, she's just cackling. It's so, it's like, it's, a, I think it's a way of, cause, cause she can always be so mean though. I think it's a way of her trying to like caress with the wind, her nasty response. Um, Sundown says, Blood Moon, she's always done that. She's, she switched because she wanted black folks. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let, make no mistake, people. This is not something that's black or white or Republican or Democrats. Uh, you guys have to, I've always said this before, not only on my uh, channel, but on other channels as well. If you want to understand the state of America today, uh, go and visit the history of Russia in the 1890s, and you will understand perfectly who is who in this equation. Um, Blood Moon says she is no different than male politicians, and explained the game. Yeah, of course, she used her woman card to get elected. Uh, she got elected because, unfortunately, we have such a large demographic that it's pro-feminists. and you know she pandered to that. Even though she comes home to a husband every night. Uh, but she she used her woman card to get elected, that's for sure. And also she used the I was that girl card to actually get elected. So she doesn't fool me, Kamala. You're not saving face. Nobody believes you. And we know that you don't see this migrant people as people seeking not just asylum, people seeking a better life, more opportunities. America is not the land of the free. It's the land of opportunities where you can come from a very poor nasty background and become a millionaire tomorrow if you know how to play your cards so the fact that you're blocking people from becoming this person i don't know what's wrong with you because migrant people at least from latin america you guys correct me if i'm wrong but when we come here we come here because we want to make money we don't come here to beg for shit we don't come here because we want to seek asylum be protected we come here because we want to make money and we can no longer make money in our countries it's that simple so that's my opinion on that. And let's just dive into something deep.
Now the main freaking topic. <sighs> Guys, the American dream. We were just talking about this, right? When people come here uh, and the way America promotes itself, let me tell you something before we start this, okay? Tourism is an economy on its own. We already stated how even tourism and, and people relocating to California has created, relocating away from California has created a fiscal crisis and a financial crisis to the point where people, there are some people, unfortunately, that cannot pay taxes and moves out. Um, now, with that being said, I've noticed that America sells itself instead of having beautiful beaches or having this magical resorts or having this beautiful rivers and whatnot. America sells itself based only in the notion of the American dream. The American dream has been something that has been taught to you to me, to my parents, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, and has brought here a lot of people from all across the world. So when people say the American dream, usually what they sell is a dream of prosperity. And in that aspect, I want to say that, yes, you can make money here because of all the opportunities that capitalism uh, gives people. However, there's an infiltrating dream that has been, if you're plugged into the matrix, you will believe that's the American dream, when in reality it's not. Uh, this American dream is basically that you can come here, educate yourself, invest your money wisely, and you will have a life of success. And I want to, I came across something from a friend of mine that it's always talking about finances. Um and he posted something today that, oh my God, it cracked me up. Look at this, guys. It says, do not let this be your American dream. $100,000 on student loan debt, $500 on a car payment, $25,000 on credit card debt, and a job you hate. Let this be your American dream. An emergency fund, financial literacy, savings, positive net worth, investments, multiple sources of income store of value and wealth strategies. Now, you guys know I always come here with the finances and, you know, how we have to have actual financial literacy and all this stuff. So you guys know I freaking agree with the bottom American dream rather than with the top one. Because if you follow this whole narrative of going to college that we're being taught in school and actually just live a life like the rest of the herd, you will be in so much fucking debt by the time you're 25 that you will live the rest of your years trying to pay off that debt that you created and burned through in the first seven years of your adult life. So if you believe, um, <laughs> look at Blumwood says, unfortunately, that's my American dream, but it won't be my children's. Yeah, that's true. If, if you made the mistake, of course, you will teach your kids how to not do the same thing. Um, Music only says the best thing people can do is save money and bounce invest in your country. Yeah, for sure. I want to say something. Um, this whole notion of American dream is trash. Okay. This is not something that will lead to a path of success. The American dream that is being taught to you is a dream 
where you're going to be a prisoner in America because you'll be in so much debt, you'll never be able to uproot yourself and relocate somewhere. So no matter what America serves you, even if it's a plate of pure bullshit, you will have to swallow that because that's the American dream. The American dream is to become just a contributor and a sponsor of the elite, the American elite that keeps on ruling you, which I call the oligarchy. And many people call it the oligarchy. So with that being said, is the American dream something Latinos should subscribe to? Or you guys think we should actually create our own freaking American dream or our own dream? If you if you believe that the American dream is to actually go to college, because because I've seen a lot of people that shame on the ones that I mean, I went to college myself, so I can't really, you know, this on the college educated folk because I would be shitting on myself. But let's be honest here. How many people do you know that went to college and are in debt? How many people do you know that actually purchased a home and are in debt? How many people do you know today that followed the path of the American dream and cannot even sustain themselves right now? Because I know a lot. I know a lot. And there were years of my life where I was even in so much fucking debt because of this stuff that, you know, I had to overwork myself in order for me to get out of it. And thank God I'm out of it by the age of 33. But come on now, who wants to do that when in reality there's other options? How many years are we going to spend wishing that we would have known information when we were younger? Are we teaching our kids? This is something that is juxtaposed with the whole critical race theory. Why instead of us fighting to teach our kids the critical race theory, we don't teach our kids the critical financial state of the nation. <laughs> don't you guys think that it should be more useful to teach kids how to get a freaking mortgage, how to actually write off a vehicle in your taxes, how to teach your kids how to, if you're in debt, save, but if you're comfortable and you have a job that's a steady source of income, invest. Do you guys think that we should teach our kids more racial stuff? Or you think we should teach our kids how to get out of this whole financial boot that we're in if you think we should focus more into teaching our kids history and all this stuff even though it's important okay uh press put a number one in the chat if you think we should focus on teaching our kids how to gain financial literacy press number two um it's something that i i wish i would have known when i was 16 years old and in college it's something i wish i would have known when i came here to the united states in 2013 it's something I wish I would have known even when I was in Puerto Rico, having three jobs and actually trying to pay off my uh, college tuition. So I want to start a conversation today and just leave you guys with a message as we start this new week. Why we keep on repeating ourselves into the same vortex after we have seen uh, many people, uh, I see Melanie and I put a number three. Explain what number three is. Uh, Terrell says we need to learn both. I don't agree. I already, I don't know if you were here for the critical race theory. I see that, but I gave my opinion on that. Ramon said uh, two, and Jose Negron says two. Yeah, definitely. Blood Moon says many white Americans live like that as well. In the U.S., some people have no other option but to go to college in order to get out of poverty or at least live a comfortable life. But that's the thing, Blood Moon. Being four hundred twenty-five thousand dollars in debt by the age of twenty-five is not a comfortable life. 
it's just not, you know, and, and, and like I said, it's, it's some avenues and some things that they don't teach you in school. How many things that they actually taught you in school you use today? Let's be honest. Do they even teach you how to actually get a job properly and know how to go to a job interview? Do they actually teach you how to get into corporate America? Do they teach you how to become knowledgeable of financial things or how to engage into, do they even teach you how to do your first pitch to get a, an investor into your project? They don't teach you that shit at school. They barely teach you that at college unless you go for marketing or something else and then you translate that into your, your entrepreneur journey. So that's my problem with the American dream. Uh, this whole notion needs to be crushed. This thing for us, we already had to take one for the team. Let's just put it out there. Okay. We live through this, but I want to encourage you guys that most of my public, according to my analytics is, uh, from the ages of 25 to 44 years old. And like I said, we already had to go through this, unfortunately, but I want to know if, if you guys are going to teach your children how to actually manage their finances, how to get a real estate investment, how to actually not invest so much money in college. Because there's other things you can do. You don't have to, uh, if you want to go to college, why you don't then go, and I'm sorry because it's not because I'm Puerto Rican, but why don't you go to Puerto Rico where it's cheaper and it's still an American education? Why you don't go then to the Dominican Republic and just take your bar exam here? Why we have to teach people like it's like I like I said at the beginning with the free thinking. We have lost the free thinking nowadays. We we think that we're confined in this country, in this nation where we have everything here. When in reality, what we're getting as an exchange in the contract that the country has with us is a mediocre result. So I want to hear you guys' opinion. Today, we're going to try to wrap this up early because I have to go join uh, another stream. But I want to hear from you guys. So I'm going to uh, share the link. And I want to hear your opinions. Do you guys support that we teach our children a new way of having their own American dream and shape it themselves with some fucking free thinking? Or you think we should keep flushing people through the gates of college and then getting them into the whole invest in real estate, become this person and live this life that you fucking hate until you die. So before you do that, before we do this, you guys know I go into intermission and before I go into intermission, make sure you like or dislike this video and also subscribe if you haven't to my channel so that you don't miss any of the episodes that will be upcoming. So I'm going to um, go into intermission for three to five minutes. It's 5.19 right now where I'm at. I'll be back at 5.24. Please don't go anywhere, but make sure you like and subscribe. Grab your snacks, grab your wine, grab your beer, grab your water, your smoothie, whatever it is you have. Grab it, come back here and give me your opinion. Put it in the chat if you don't want to join the stream, but make sure you let me know exactly what do you think about this whole notion of the American dream? Do you think we actually should keep pushing our kids 
to keep doing this stuff? Or you think we should actually just teach our kids how to be more independent and more free so that if they want to go relocate to Asia, they can do so. But they know the tools to do that because they learn them from you and your mistakes. I'm going to leave you guys uh, for a few minutes, but I will be back at 524.
that Jose and Melanie Knight are here but before we get here let's remember that the views and the statements of the guests do not necessarily represent those of the channel and or those of the panel members as some comments may be offensive to select groups of people aka the glass generation <laughs> and another disclaimer by calling into the live show you waive your rights to the use of your image and likeness for the purposes of this show so without any further ado, let's welcome Jose and Melanated Knight. How are you guys? Good evening, everybody. Hi, hi. So um, how was your weekend? Well, I know Melanated Knight had a great weekend, but how about you, Jose? Oh, I had a wonderful time. I actually went to a barbecue uh, by, with my niece because her son graduated from high school and has been accepted into college. Ooh. Good, 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 good. So I'm happy happy for him. Now, I do have to state a disclaimer. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I admit there are Christians who are very, 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 very toxic, but not all of us are. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, I embrace everybody. I mean, if you believe in a cinnamon stick or Jesus Christ, you know, that you have every right to believe in what you want to believe. I just feel like, you know, we don't have, look, one problem that I have with this country is that you have uh, religions, religious freedom as long as it's God-centric. If you want to believe in something else, you'll be attacked for it. Now, with that being said, uh, what are your thoughts on the American dream? Do you think uh, we have to 
start teaching our children and our future generations how to actually play this game this game better or you think the american dream that was sold to us actually works for future generations i think we have to we have our own definition of what is the american dream because what's my version of the american dream may not be the same as melanated or anyone else because in my case um I had, a, I had the benefit of a college education and I was able to have a career, you know, even though it, it was different from what I originally studied. You could, have, you could have a successful life without going to college as long as you have marketable job skills and be able to finance, manage your finances properly so that if you want to have property, that you can do so. If you want to set aside money for you to retire comfortably, you can do so. And if God was to bless me with children, um, I would instill with them, um, you know, let them just find what is their version of the American dream. Just make sure that they have determination to follow through. Definitely, definitely. I, I, and you, do you think, Jose, that you, if, if God blesses you, like you say, with kids, would you teach your kids how to actually, um, if they want to move overseas, would you present that as an option to your kids to actually get a, a college education with other different aspects and to have more freedom to actually uproot themselves out of this country if they want to? Um, to be perfectly honest, I will be concerned like any parent, um, you know, if they do go overseas. But I think as long as they have the, you know, the intellectual and the mental maturity, I think if they want to go and study abroad, by all means they can do so. In fact, one of my grandnephews uh, actually spent some time studying in Spain. Oh, perfect. So, so yeah, that, that's a great idea. I have a Korean friend and she literally went to study in Spain and then moved to London and mm -hmm. eventually lived in Dubai for two years before she came back. And she knows seven languages and it's one of the most cultured people I know and super free. You know, mm -hmm. she has her own mindset and whatnot and, you know. Her life has been ups and downs, but overall, you know, she even speaks Spanish. So, Wonderful. Yeah, it's it's like I said, it's it's something about there's something about teaching our kids how to be more free, instead of just following a, a plan that was preset for them, that pushes them into becoming their own selves. You know. Now I'm gonna move into Melanated Night. Melanated Night. Um, what's your take on the American dream? Do you think we should teach? our children <laughs> the american dream that was taught to us or do you think it should be taught uh in a different way or with like a more open mindset i mean it should be taught in a different way but it's like i don't, I don't know it's <laughs> i don't know where the thing is like we have this we can do our own way but you know i don't know <laughs> my, I'm, I got a lot of things in my head, but, uh, you know, like you asked, you know, asked me why I put three and I put three cause you can learn both and to be pretty honest. Like, can I speak on the critical race theory thing? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I put three 
I don't really care if, you know, they teaching it, but I often find it funny that the people who are against it often don't realize that some of us have to learn that in life as a kid. I didn't get to talk till after a few incidents happened. Then that's when my dad was talking to me. So like to me, all the people, I don't want to teach my child this, but we don't tell the Ku Klux Klan members and the people who aren't those people, but we don't tell them people to stop teaching their kids to hate other groups. We don't get up and start doing that. So like I said, whether it's taught or not, I don't give a damn. Because like I said, evidently the way it's going, we're going to be the only people that, that know it and everybody else is going to be looking stupid. So I personally think that, you know, the fact that you guys are against it and you don't think about the people who had to go through it, even without it being taught, is kind of weird because you don't you don't consider that. Oh, we don't, you know, kids have, I had to learn it. But, but, well, okay. But do you have, I'm not opposed to, kids being taught that america has this past and the way america flows my opposition to it is that we're trying to teach the kids that they live in this country that's here to oppress them when in reality that's not necessarily the truth because you still have the option to become whoever the fuck you want in this country well i don't i'm not saying like you should you shouldn't even be taught that you can do whatever you want but the problem is like people don't think ahead it's to teach about the whole thing and it's like we barely i can only speak as an african-american i barely know my own history and now people be like well you know i don't want to teach you this because it you're oppressed well wasn't we at one point Tell yeah, I, I believe that but in reality if you look into the critical race theory they're not trying to teach our children that you know the past of america and all the massacres and why people were enslaved or nothing like that it basically critical race theory just wants to teach the kids that they live in this state where their race puts them in a critical position so basically it's formulating already a theory for them to live by it's not literally letting kids decide what they want to believe based on the knowledge they gain that's crazy because the same thing happens with or without it so I'm kind of I'm kind of confused on why, like, what difference does it make if you have, like I said, I could care less if it's taught, but I'm confused on like, like I said, I was I didn't have it, and for some I don't live by people you know oppressing me, but I mean the whole thing is, okay. Like I I, I don't you know like I said I don't get it, but you know. Well. And that's your opinion. I respect it. Um, I'm going to move to Ramon. How are you, Ramon, my fellow Boricua? ¿Cómo estás? ¿Cómo estás? Todo bien, chica. ¿Qué es la que hay? Todo bien. Todo bien. <laughs> qué so, bueno, qué bueno. So, yes. one question. Uh, do you believe, if you have any other uh, commentary on what I touched before of Kamala and the critical race theory, you can also insert it here, but do you okay. believe the American dream should be something that should be taught uh you know to our future generations the way it was taught to us or you think we should start now getting a new plan or a new path showing our kids different paths on what they can do 
if they don't like the country they're in or you know the parameters of where they're going to have their financial foundation on uh, by now, I think we have plenty of evidence to support the fact that things are not going the way that we were told about. I'm a Gen Xer, and I did hear, well, it was when I was a young adult more when I heard uh, about the, the, the so-called American dream. As you know, I am from where you are from, and when we were growing up, we were not told specifically about the so-called American dream. The, it was a different version of it in a, in different terms in, in the culture that we are that we come from, in which we are told that you have to uh, get educated and you get a, a good job and everything will fall into place and you get the, the benefits and, and you get a pension and, and yeah. things like that. You That's what we were told. Ninety-eight percent of Puerto Ricans go to college. I came across that info the other day. I was like, "Damn, ninety-eight percent." We're highly educated people. I know yes. that. That doesn't that doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me because we are uh, we are very educated, like in the fields that we are that we are that that we pursue that we the study fields that we pursue we have we are, tend to be fairly very knowledgeable and intelligent in all of those things unfortunately with education doesn't necessarily come common sense with education yeah. doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily mean that there is going to be a, like more of a critical a, a different type of of critical theory when it comes to the to the situation that we're going through. We are very educated in, in our fields of study, but look at what's happening to the island. We're very educated in our fields of study, but we're not, we're still, when it comes to, to the politics of the island, we're still going by the path that were set before us by the ones that came before us. We are still voting via tradition. We are still uh, going along with the so-called leaders of the uh, of the island, so uh, all this education, but we're not we're not changing things for the better on the island. The island remains a sinking ship, a, <laughs> sinking, economic... a sinking colony. <laughs> yeah, a, a sinking uh, an, an economic sinking sh ship. We are very educated for all the, uh, for other things. Man, there is the school of engineering in Maya West. So many people graduate from the School of Engineering and they go to places like NASA and other big companies and they and, and they that provokes this brain drain. Yes, many of us are educated. That doesn't surprise me at all. No, but is that, that education is that education being applied where it will be most beneficial to to our people as a collective uh, 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 to the island? To the betterment of the island. No, unfortunately, that's not what's happening. It's, it is being uh, uh, we're acquiring all this knowledge only to be giving it back in benefits to the to our colonizer. That's what we're doing. Yeah, yeah that's what we're doing. And, and something I wanted to point out is the fact that you know I went to a convention uh, when I was in the Universidad Interamericana de Puerto Rico studying uh -huh. criminal justice. And they sent us to a convention about different entrepreneurs that were launching their um, beta in the beta state 
uh, different things that they were designing. And now that you brought up the engineers, uh, they discovered that our Pitorro has more ethanol than actual gasoline <laughs> and is more eco-friendly. <laughs> and I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. This shit can produce energy more than fucking gasoline. We're not using it and we're paying the, the power authority millions and billions of dollars per year. And we're not using the shit that we're making illegally here for free. We're, we're bootlegging, we're bootlegging a, 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 what is possibility a cash crop. Yeah, <laughs> what is possibility beneficial? <laughs> we're holding to be... the future in our hands. We don't even need. Yeah, to we already have the, have the formula for a future <laughs> cash crop, for a, a future source of of energy, so that, that maybe engines can be designed to take the pitorro and make and get power from from burning pitorro. That doesn't surprise me, yeah, <laughs> because pitorro is fucking strong. <laughs> when, yeah, when, you, yeah, when you're drinking pitorro is fucking strong I have, yeah. I've, had I've, only a had of... it, I've only had it three times in my life and one shot is sufficient yeah yeah <laughs> I've, had it, uh, I've had it a couple of times and it was only a couple of shots and that was it because I knew that it was going to make me sick if, if I was taking more of it but it's yeah, like, it it's like the chichaito have you ever had chichaito uh, I don't, I don't, I don't recall. I don't, re, I don't remember if I have. is vodka with anise. It tastes uh, no, delicious. No, no. I'm not yeah. gonna lie, but oh, if I'm you sure have more than one shot, oh my god, just bringing it up gives me, oh my god, gives me goosebumps. It's like a sí, feeling. Yeah, chichaito te va, te, te va a dejar el sistema todo chichaito. Yeah. It's gonna leave you, it's gonna leave you all messed up. <laughs> definitely definitely it's, it's so crazy but i i agree with you i i think the uh, the dream that we have to teach our people is to actually don't forget common sense and and go back to basics i think in puerto rico we have a lot of inflated egos whenever yeah. we go to college and we forget the basic things and that's why our country our little island is being sold out in in our faces and we don't know how to fucking rescue it from america it's so crazy yeah um, and, and all that knowledge that that we have but we are not applying it to something that could be beneficial to uh, to the island and, and rethink the concept of what is the 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 dream i'm all for trying different things like going to different places in the world or maybe if you get this job and you can invest it in, in some property and real estate offshore, that's kind of what I'm doing myself because yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen in the, in the United States. So I'm, I'm already designing kind of like my, my plan B or my escape plan. I'm working on it. I'm not going to get into details. The US. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's gonna, I mean, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not trashing the United States. It's just that the American dream, as it was first taught to us, it's 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 not really working, especially for our future generations. We yeah. we have every right to rethink that. We uh, maybe decent citizens, people that are, are taxpayers, so we reserve the right to be able to to rethink how we want to do our lives in the in, in the future. The, the very the upper class they are the they, they have they control most of the wells most of the land they got it good so if it's not for us then maybe we should be able to to think in many ways to have our own dream and our paradise that may be in a different place that is not in the in the u.s we have every right to think to to think like Definitely. that there may be others that will say ah oh, well you hate america 
get out of America and they, they, they talk that talk like that. No, no, no. This is this isn't about hey, this is about thinking about what is best for me as a citizen. I'm trying to get as much as well as I can. And if, if I take it somewhere else, that's my business. There are people that are that are the richer people that are in the upper class that are tracing they're wealthy, they have made themselves wealthy, their families have become wealthy in the United States, but they are retracing their their ancestry to wherever it is in Europe that their family came from, and they're becoming citizens, citizens there. And they are renouncing their, their citizenship in the United States so they can keep their wealth. They, they don't have that much loyalty to the United States. Why, why, why am I being shamed into into loyalty if it means me being broke all the time. I have every, every right to, re to rethink my future as to how I want to move forward. I mean, it's yeah, not no. hate. It's not hate. No, no, it's, it's, about not, it's not hate. It's, it's, it's like I said, look, I posted like a while ago because I was uh, I had a, a, an encounter with Dominican Renaissance saying that, oh, Dominicans are not coming, uh, going to Puerto Rico anymore. Bullshit. <laughs> I was like, bullshit. That's some bullshit because I have a friend that works for Fura and he tells me that 20,000 Dominicans get to Puerto Rico per week. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I and there is another video. <laughs> um, video. Yeah. Excuse oh, me, can I chime in for a second? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I would like to know what drugs Dominican Renaissance is taking to come to that conclusion because, <laughs> look, the fact of the matter is. Dominicans are not stupid, okay? Mm -hmm. they're, trying no. to, they're trying to get a better way of life. If they don't think they can get it in, in the DR, they're going to go either to Puerto Rico or the United States to get a better way of life. And, and there's no shame to it. We should all aspire to do the best that we really can. Now, unlike Ramon, I'm part of the baby boomer generation. So we were taught from the from the onset, you gotta go to college, you gotta get an education, and then with an education, you can get a good job. The fact of the matter is, you can get a good job, you can you, you can have a career, not necessarily with a college education. If you're going to pursue a college education, you take advantage of what's available as far as scholarships and what have you. Because unfortunately, what's happening with millennials today, you have people that are graduating from college with, with a huge amount of debt. Yeah. Some of them as much as 100,000 or 150,000, which is, which is almost as much as buying a home. Um, and there are scholarships available. It's just that you have to do, you do diligence to try, you know, to do the research and see if you qualify. I mean, there's scholarships for minorities, there's scholarships based on your discipline. There are scholarships based on people who donated large sums of money to university. So, you know, there are resources. It's just that young people, and forgive me if I sound a little critical, um, Take, you know, take a look and see what they can get you know, get to so they don't necessarily have to take a huge amount of student loans. Yeah, and yeah. 
before we start with the uh, closing statements, I want to say that, you know, it's the same thing I said with the whole migration thing and how people look down on, on immigrants and stuff. Uh, and it's the same thing I said to Dominicans, you know, every Dominican that comes to Puerto Rico, welcome. Thank you. But I'm going to say something. Don't, uh, don't think for a second because it's called quote unquote illegal that you have to be ashamed of yourself. If you came into this country, find a fucking way of making things uh, right. There's no fucking shame in survival. So with that being said, you know, it's the same thing that I wish could translate to my fellow Puerto Ricans based on what Ramon and I were talking about earlier. Um, there's no shame in survival. You know, we have to actually find ways to make it work. The economy sometimes in, in the America is not good. And if you tie all your money and you put all your, your eggs in one basket, that's not fucking intelligent. <laughs> you know, you have to actually invest in different areas, whereas is real estate or you have to have a plan B, like Ramon said before, to relocate somewhere else where the economy is better while the economy here gets better. But that notion of the American dream is what keeps people here starving like we saw in the Great Depression in the past because people invested everything here. And now, I don't know if you guys are seeing, but 100 years later after the Great Depression, we're seeing that we're already in the roaring 20s of 2021, of, this, of the 21st century. And people are now going out. And it's so crazy because we have the pandemic at the beginning. Now we have the the whole uh, roaring economy where people are overspending and buying all the things they couldn't buy in one year. But, you know, they're buying things for 10 years now, investing a lot of money into purchasing things they actually don't need. And eventually the economy will crash. That has always been my message. The economy will crash at some point. And I hope you're, if you're listening to this, you're not a donkey and actually invest all your money here in the U.S., because what you're going to do when the economy collapses? What's your plan when the economy is no longer the economy you know? Like, what are you going to do? That's why I always say to people, don't be a Because you have to actually have an escape plan, like Ramon said earlier, and stop believing propaganda. I listened to what you said, Jose, when our parents used to shame us into going to college. It's because of the propaganda that was spewed for so many generations that was like, oh, the way out is college, 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 college. And we have made these colleges super rich. We have made even Ivy League colleges that they even refuse you at this point. When there was a point in time when they would take everybody in because they were just a business that was starting. And we make them so profitable now that they can refuse you to go in or me to go in. We have to start rethinking what we do. Now, I want to move to closing statements from you, Jose, and then Ramon. Uh, first of all, uh, Denise, I thank you for allowing me to be a part of the stream. As always, you provide solid information that very few people are even thinking about giving. And we all need to adapt. And the fact of the matter is um, the way I was taught to be successful when I was a child 
may not translate to the millennials today. Um, you can have your own vision of what is the American dream. And the American dream could be being masters of your own fate as far as owning a business and having resources. Uh, Ramon, it's always a pleasure to hear from you. And um, I'm, oh, I'm just going to close with the same the way I always close. Please be careful out there because we are in the middle of a pandemic and we have crazy people who want to do us harm. And as you can tell, Denise, the world is full of mentally and intellectually challenged people. And if we're not careful, we might end up getting inflicted by their disease. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Stupidity is hell of a virus. <laughs> so thank you, Jose. As usual, thank you for joining uh, the stream. I'm going to put you backstage. Uh, Ramon, uh, any last statements on the American dream uh, that, you know, we have seen uh, in propaganda for so long? Uh, what's your final take on this? Uh, as as you were as you guys were commenting a, a couple of minutes back uh, well i should say don jose when it comes to the millennials I, i it's easy to kind of look down on them or hate on them but many of these millennial kids they are being saddled with so much debt and the unaffordability of housing uh, the unaffordability of of certain aspects of, of life and how the what is supposed to be an American dream has is already failing them. You live in California in a part of California where you see homeless people everywhere. Oh it's supposed God, to be yes. the, yeah it's supposed to be the, uh, like the okay we all believe that the the whole land of opportunity it may have been like that over a hundred years ago. It may have been like that it's not so much like that uh We we do need to rethink this. Now, uh, something really quick. Uh, going back, going back a little bit in, into what you were saying about critical race theory. Uh, I'm not. Uh, from what I'm hearing, from what I'm hearing, and you may disagree. You might have a problem with what I'm about to say. So brace yourself. And that <laughs> go is, ahead, go ahead. and that is uh, the critical race theory. It being taught in schools. Now that's something that I believe. Um, the realities of race, the dynamics of race in the United States, that's something that should be up to the parents. That's a, that's one thing. But it being taught in schools, it's kind of sounding very similar to an aspect of intersectionality, that if somebody in the United States is a woman, they're automatically a victim, they're automatically uh, in danger, they're automatically... Um, like under siege, or there, there is a high probability that something bad is gonna is gonna happen to them. Sorry, <laughs> Denise, but that's what it's it's sounding like to me. That being a particular race, I do agree that we need to be cognizant of the of the realities of, of race in the United States because racism has not been eradicated. We want to we want to uh, think for yourself that think to ourselves that. Uh, racism has been eradicated unfortunately that's not the case because it's at the very root of the foundation of the united states the, the, in the fabric of the country yeah I, yeah I it will have to be ripped 
it will have yeah. to be ripped from the root and and start all over again for racism racism to really be eradicated. But doing that to the kids so young and and, and trying to make them feel like they're already victims. That's not, that's, I can't agree with it being the way to go when it comes to that. I, I think, it, to be honest with you, in my personal opinion, I think this will be more detrimental than beneficial simply because we're already raising our kids to think that white people are above them and that they're underneath white people. So yeah. I don't think this is going to be beneficial i think the history should be taught completely that's my only problem with the whole thing i agree that race should be taught the way america sees it now i think we should leave the kids to actually make their own choices as to think hey this is racism this is not yes because you can't force people to think in a different way. The beautiful thing about life and in this nation is that you can encounter a hundred people and each one of them in that same day have different opinions about life and about the nation and other people. So yeah. with that being said, I, 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 that's why I don't agree with it being taught like that in schools. I think no. we should push for a better approach to the, the teachings of race and history. And we should stop covering up the history of the nation so that people can and kids can actually formulate their own opinions. But I don't think this is going to eradicate racism. If anything, it's going to ratify racism in the nation. Yeah. So yeah. I'll let you finish your, your closing statement, and then I'll go. No, but uh, really quick to add to that. On one hand, okay, they, they want to teach critical race theory, but at the same time, in other parts of the country, they're trying to, uh, to ban teaching historical, factual uh, data when it comes to, to slavery, because there, there are certain parts of the of the country where they're trying to ban that. The, the, that's a thing here in Texas, where they're trying to delete it, delete it from the history books, and they're trying to reword the whole thing. And, and instead of using the word slaves, they want to call them migrant workers, as if it was by choice and by free will that the that the slaves chose to be over here, which is a complete lie. That, and that's that's the like same thing. That's the same thing as critical race theory. It's just rewriting history the way you want to. No, just uh, teach the history the way it was and let people formulate their own freaking opinions. No, 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 What's that, the fear? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's kind of detrimental. It's kind of, I guess it's kind of like trying to clean up the image of, of, of the United States when it comes to issues of, of race. But the whole world, the whole world is watching. The, the whole, it's not just the whole thing with, with George Floyd. All, all their... Other countries around the world, they know the history. They know the they understand the hypocrisy, and they won't think twice before throwing in in the United States government's face. I mean, even China, oppressive yeah. <laughs> <laughs> communist China, on occasion that they, they throw that in the United States face. Issues that, that have to do with with racism and all. But yeah, yeah, that, this is something that. It's kind of like a continuing subject. Maybe later on we can revisit it, revisit it later on as if there are any changes, if they actually implement something in the schools. This is a subject that maybe we can come back to a lot later. Definitely. Day. definitely. Yeah. We should definitely come back. And, to and, last, and last thing, last thing, okay. free Eliezer Molina. Free Eliezer. <laughs> keep him free, <laughs> I should say, because he's out on bail right now, but 
keeping let's keep him free he belongs free with his people with his family and on his on, on his land not not in, not in a cage i know we weren't talking about that today but i just wanted to 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 give elsa molina a shout out he's going to be a, a celebrated figure in the future he's going to be legendary I mean, definitely, uh, definitely. Yeah. That man is the living Puerto Rican dream. I will call him. You yes. know, and so I agree with you 100%. Thank yes. you, Ramon, for tuning in and also for always coming in with your approach that's so unique and your sense of humor. So I appreciate <laughs> you always coming here to support the channel. I'm going to put you backstage. Um, guys, this whole thing. There's so many things we can actually speak about it. Let's get the discussion popping. If you have any comment about this whole thing, feel free to put it in the comment section. You don't have to agree with me, of course. Um, you're your own person. However, I want to hear from you. But I will say this. When it comes to the American dream, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And also teach your kids to be able to open themselves some opportunities. You have to provoke opportunities in life rather than just wait for them to happen. And teaching them how things work in the past actually will work for their benefit because they'll be able to connect the dots by themselves. And that's how you, you teach kids that you don't have to worry about when you become older. So with that being said, guys, I want to, before I leave, I want to announce something very important that I will chime in later on this week. And that is... That's right. This 4th of July, be ready to listen to the first ever stream of No Bullshit. You guys know I've been promoting this for a while on my channel and it will be this Sunday. Be sure that, you know, while you're doing your barbecues, getting lit, partying and whatnot, you tune in to listen to me and all my boys first stream called No Bullshit. I will link the channel down below so you can go subscribe also and hit that bell for notifications so that you don't miss a single show we do. But definitely you want to go over there because I can guarantee you this first stream is going to be lit it's going to be fire and also don't forget that that's right we're gonna be latin explaining on the road it's gonna be talking to other latinos on the road on the ground here in the u.s from the state of california and also we'll try to reach out to other states but right now we're going to focus on the state of california so we can get in touch with latinos that are in business people that believe that this is not the way to go and also get their opinions on different topics so stay tuned during this summer for the first season of latin explaining on the road Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for your support. Also, before I head out of here, I want to invite you guys to follow me on Instagram, denise.gonzalez.villegas1. Follow me on Instagram where you can actually stay in touch with me during the week when I'm not doing shows and you can actually see my day-to-day -day activities or my opinions on different topics that I probably don't even cover here on the show because there's so many news happening either here and I or diasporas or in Latin America per se that I don't necessarily have the time to actually bring them on here, but 
definitely follow me on Instagram if you want to get in touch with them. Now, without any further ado, I want to wish you guys a productive week. Make sure you plan ahead for anything. And like I said at the beginning, flex those social muscles. Let's get out. Let's start socializing, hugging people again. And either, you know, it's in a smaller social setting or if you're still scared of not becoming too close to people, then at least wear your damn mask. Thank you guys for tuning in. This has been another episode of Latin Splaining. My name is Denise Gonzalez, and I'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. Ooh, ooh, ooh.